great disturbances in the Sussman house. Heidi. A short time after the tutor had arrived next morning, the doorbell rang so violently that Sebastian thought it must be Mr. Sussman himself. What was his surprise when a dirty street boy with a barrel organ on his back stood before him? What do you mean by pulling the bell like that? the butler said. I want to see Clara. Can't you at least say Miss Clara? You ragged urchin said Sebastian harshly. She owes me forty pennies, said the boy. You are crazy. How do you know Miss Clara lives here? I showed her the way yesterday and she promised to give me forty pennies. What nonsense! Miss Clara never goes out. You had better take yourself off before I send you. The boy, however, did not even budge and said, I saw her. She has curly hair, black eyes, and talks in a funny way. Oh, Sebastian chuckled to himself, that was the little miss. Pulling the boy into the house, he said, All right, you can follow me. Wait at the door till I call you, and then you can play something for Miss Clara. Knocking at the study door, Sebastian said when he had entered, A boy is here who wants to see Miss Clara. Clara, delighted at his interruption, said, Can't he come right up, Mr. Candidate? But the boy was already inside and started to play. Miss Rottenmare was in the adjoining room when she heard the sounds. Where did they come from? Hurrying into the study, she saw the street boy playing to the eager children. Stop, stop, she called, but in vain. For the music drowned her voice. Suddenly she made a big jump, for there between her feet crawled a black turtle. Only when she shrieked for Sebastian could her voice be heard. The butler came straight in, for he had seen everything behind the door, and a great scene it had been. Glued to a chair in her fright, Miss Rottenmare called, Send the boy away! Take them away! Sebastian obediently pulled the boy after him. Then he said, Here are forty pennies from Miss Clara, and forty more for playing. It was well done my boy. With that, he closed the door behind him. Miss Rottenmeyer found it wiser now to stay in the study to prevent further disturbances. Suddenly, there was another knock at the door. Sebastian appeared with a large basket, which had been brought for Clara. We had better have our lesson before we inspect it, said Miss Rottenmeyer. But Clara, turning to the tutor, asked, Oh, please, Mr. Candidate, can't we just peep in to see what it is? I'm afraid that you will think of nothing else, the teacher began. Just then something in the basket, which had been only lightly fastened, moved, and one, two, three, and still more little kittens jumped out. Scampering around the room with the utmost speed, they bounded over the tutor's boots and bit his trousers. They climbed up on Miss Rottenmeyer's dress and crawled around her feet. Mooing and running, they caused a frightful confusion. Clara called out in delight, Oh, look at the cunning creatures! Look how they jump! Heidi, look at that one! And oh, see the one over there! Heidi followed them about while the teacher shook them off. When the housekeeper had collected her wits after the great fright, she called for the servants. They soon arrived and stored the little kitten safely in the new bed. No time had been found for yawning that day either. When Miss Rottenmeyer, who had found out the culprit, was alone with the children in the evening, she began severely, Adelheid, there is only one punishment for you. I am going to send you to the cellar to think over your dreadful misdeeds in company with the rats. 
A cellar held no terrors for Heidi, for in her grandfather's cellar, fresh milk and the good cheese had been kept, and no rats had lodged there. But Clara shrieked, Oh, Miss Rottenmare, you must wait till Papa comes home, and then he can punish Heidi. The lady unwillingly replied, All right, Clara, but I shall also speak a few words to Mr. Sussman. With those words, she left the room. Since the child's arrival, everything had been upset, and the lady often felt discouraged, though nothing remarkable happened for a few days. Clara, on the contrary, enjoyed her companion's society, for she always did funny things. In her lesson, she could never get her letters straight. They meant absolutely nothing to her, except that they would remind her of goats and eagles. The girls always spent their evenings together, and Heidi would entertain her friend with tales of her former life, till her longing grew so great that she added, I have to go home now. I must go tomorrow. Clara's soothing words and the prospect of more robes, for the grandmother kept the child. Every day after dinner she was left alone in her room for some hours, thinking of the green fields at home of the sparkling flowers on the mountains. She would sit in a corner till her desire for all those things became too great to bear. Her aunt had clearly told her that she might return if she wished to do so, so one day she resolved to leave for the Alm hut. In a great hurry she packed the bread and the red shawl, and putting on her old straw hat started off. The poor child did not get very far. At the door she encountered Miss Rottenmeyer, who stared at Heidi in mute surprise. "'What are you up to?' she exploded. "'Haven't I forbidden you to run away? You look like a vagabond.' "'I was only going home,' whispered the frightened child. "'What, you want to run away from this house? What would Mr. Sussman say? What is it that does not suit you here? Don't you get better treatment than you deserve? Have you ever before had such food, service, and such a room?' "'Answer!' No, was the reply. Don't I know that, the furious lady proceeded. What a thankless child you are, just idle and good for nothing. But Heidi could not bear it any longer. She loudly wailed, Oh, I want to go home. What will poor Snowhopper do without me? Grandmother is waiting for me every day. Poor Thistlefinch gets blows if Peter gets no cheese. And I must see the sun again when he says good night to the mountains. How the eagle would screech if he saw all the people here in Frankfurt. For mercy's sake, the child is crazy, exclaimed Miss Rottenmeier, running up the stairs. In a hurry, she had bumped into Sebastian, who was just then coming down. Bring the unlucky child up, she called to him, rubbing her head. All right, many thanks, answered the butler, rubbing his head too, for he had encountered something far harder than she had. When the butler came down, he saw Heidi standing near the door with flaming eyes, trembling all over, and cheerfully asked, What has happened? Little one, do not take it to heart, and cheer up. She nearly made a hole in my head just now, but we must not get discouraged. Oh, no. Come up with you. She said so. Heidi walked upstairs very slowly. Seeing her so changed, Sebastian said, Don't give in. Don't be so sad. You have been so courageous till now. I have never heard you cry yet. Come up now, and when the lady's away, we'll go and look at the kittens. They are running around like wild. Nodding cheerlessly, the child disappeared in her room. 
That night, at supper, Miss Rottenmeyer watched Heidi constantly, but nothing happened. The child sat as quiet as a mouse, hardly touching her food except the little roll. Taking with them to, talking with the tutor, next morning Miss Rottenmeyer told him her fears about Heidi's mind. But the teacher had more serious troubles still, for Heidi had not even learned her A, B, C in all this time. Heidi was sorely in need of some clothes, so Clara had given her some. Miss Rottenmeyer was just busy arranging the child's ward return. Adelheid, she said contemptuously, what do I find, a big pile of bread in your wardrobe? I never heard the like. Yes, Clara, it is true. Then called Titnet. She ordered her to take away the bread and the old straw hat she had found. No, don't. I must keep my hat. The bread is for grandmother, cried Heidi in despair. You stay here while we take the rubbish away, said the lady sternly. Heidi threw herself down now on Clara's chair and sobbed as if her heart would break. Now I can't bring grandmother any rose. Oh, they were for grandmother, she lamented. Heidi, don't cry any more, Clara begged. Listen, when you go home some day, I'm going to give you as many rows as you had and more. They will be much softer and better than those stale ones you have kept. Those were not fit to eat, Heidi. Stop now, please, and don't cry any more. Only after a long, long time did Heidi become quiet. When she had heard Clara's promise, she cried, Are you really going to give me as many as I had? supper Heidi's eyes were swollen and it was still hard for her to keep from crying. Sebastian made strange signs to her that she did not understand. What did he mean? Later though, when she climbed into her high bed, she found her old beloved straw hat hidden under her cover. So Sebastian had saved it for her and had tried to tell her. She crushed it for joy and wrapping it in a handkerchief, she hid it in the furthest corner of her wardrobe. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acre Soft Story Classic.